4: The world needs more cowboys. That's right. We could have started the show today talking about a lot of things. Uh, President over there talking to NATO, the lover boy FBI agent testifying before Congress, which was a total fiasco, by the way. But you should learn to expect the unexpected on this show. This is the John Stagerwald Show, and I am John Stagerwald. in case you're tuning in for the first time. Uh and we will take your phone calls uh today later at the end of the show. Uh we haven't taken calls. But I I I don't lean on calls a lot. You'll find that out, but I do like to get some feedback at 844-302-1250. That's 844-302-1250. So you can do that. But anyway, you should learn to expect the unexpected and um this is a story that's right up my alley. It's all about political correctness, uh, college campus stupidity, two of my favorite subjects. And it's getting attention all over the country, by the way. As it it turns out, that's kind of going to be our theme on the show today. And if you're an extreme feminist, you're probably not going to like it, I should just warn you. But we do want you to keep listening, and we'll take your phone calls, 844-302-1250, maybe, if you make it through. Uh, But anyway, uh, we do want you to keep listening. And the University of Wyoming uh, came up with a marketing slogan for the fall, and it's it's the World Needs More Cowboys. That's the slogan. As you might expect on a college campus uh, in this age of political correctness in 2018, that hasn't gone over well with everybody. On college campuses, you have to be especially careful that nobody's feelings get hurt. And I uh, keep in mind that lots of colleges have long lists of approved pronouns that they advise students to use. So, you know, that's not something I had to deal with when I was in college. Here's what Professor Christine Porter had to say about the slogan... I am not the only person for whom the world cowboy invokes a white, macho, male, able-bodied, heterosexual, U.S.-born person. Wow. lot of words there that could send the kiddies on campus running for the safe rooms, man. White, male, heterosexual, able-bodied, U.S.-born. All horrifying terms. The good news is that the university isn't backing off. That's what I like about it. Actually, um, it's the opposite. And we'll get to that uh, in a minute. Chad Baldwin is the communications director, and he says they are going ahead with a marketing campaign, which he says, this is a quote, will evoke the spirit of the cowboy that we all share in. you got to love Wyoming. You might say, sticking to their guns here? Plenty of colleges where the name cowboys would have been considered way too offensive a long time ago. Maybe been changed to cowpersons. Well, Jeff Victor has been covering this story for the Laramie Boomerang. Talk about a great name for a newspaper. So Jeff, uh, this is a pretty big deal out
5: there, huh? Uh, yeah, it's getting a lot of attention. I mean, um, uh, shortly before you called me, I got a I got a call from a Washington Post reporter. I guess they're writing an editorial on it today, and uh, I think a lot of other national news media has been paying attention too. Um,
4: <clears throat> I love Wyoming. I I spent some time there. I I took some trips out there. I uh, did some snowmobiling out there. I loved it. And I and I, there are very few places I would move to from Pittsburgh. That's one of them. Uh, that's how much i like it and i i it's hard to describe for people ex- exactly how different a place it is and how different the people are there so um you know the 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 people uh, from what i saw on twitter and the the impression that i'm getting is that people are can't believe that anybody would be upset about this about them going with that uh slogan mhm is, is, is that the is that the feeling out there that is, do you see? Does it seem to be a, a positive thing for the school?
5: Uh, there are well, obviously, obviously opinions are um, are mixed. I would say I've seen a lot more people here um, offended by the idea that anyone would be offended right. than actually people upset with it. But um, I I do think it's kind of um, <laughs> It's kind of taken on wild proportions when like so many people start paying attention to it, and I mean, I get to see it as the as the reporter who like initially covered it. And I'm sure the people actually involved with the campaign and the people who first brought objections about the campaign uh, kind of see it more closely. And uh, you know, I feel like it's 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 just a good conversation happening at the school that uh, we're we're the cowboy state. That's 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 literally what the state is called. Um, and yeah, and, and I, I have to admit, like, you know, I, when I first heard when I first heard it, my first initial response was like, how could anyone have a problem with that? Um, it, it seems so innocuous. Um, and I think when you start looking at it through the lens of, you know, this, this isn't just, um, this isn't just something the school wants to put on t-shirts. Um, this is... This is a marketing campaign
6: mm-hmm. to
5: uh, you know attract students to the state, and so even though we here in my Wyoming uh, probably think of cowboys one way and you know we we think of them as, as essential to our culture and um, might even understand that like uh, cowboys can be like a very diverse group um, that might not be the the yeah i saw that'll, that'll
4: I saw someone from the school um, uh, said that they were concerned that yeah, we may know what cowboy means here in Wyoming, but we're trying to sell the school back east and uh, to say the world the world needs more cowboys and that even women are cowboys, uh, it doesn't translate well outside of Wyoming or outside of the, of the West. Um, but, you know, the other response to that is, well, here's an idea. If you are offended by the idea of a cowboy, then maybe you shouldn't go to a school with a nickname Cowboys.
5: Well, you know there there is that, but um, uh, it, a point that um, uh, uh, one of the the professors who was um, who was kind of leading the campaign against the marketing campaign um, brought up was that uh, Utah athletics does um, uh, differentiate the, the the men's teams are the cowboys and the the women's teams are the cowgirls. Right. And in doing that, there's maybe almost like an uh, implicit admission that um, uh, you know cowboys isn't. Necessarily gender neutral, um, so I thought that was an interesting point. You know, I I'm close to people on both sides of this. I, I feel like I can I can see yeah I can see all these viewpoints. Uh, this debate has has you know lots of people all over the country are talking about the University of Wyoming today. Um, so you could argue that it was even more successful than it would have been if they had picked something uh, you know a, a, a different term like the world needs more trailblazers or the world needs right. more. Mavericks, well, here's like here's
4: that. a tweet from Kaylee Taylor. From I'm assuming she's from out there. She says the people that get offended by the University of Wyoming's new slogan, "The world needs more cowboys," are exactly the people we don't want to come here. I mean, that pretty yeah, much that's a, that, that's a pretty honest response. Yeah, and that's that's
5: a very that's a very Wyoming attitude. But um, I I would say we almost. Uh, I'll, I'll just go back to saying it's, it's a marketing firm, and we can't really approach this with a, uh, you know, a, to, to quote Ben Shapiro, like a facts don't care about your feelings kind of attitude. We are trying to appeal to people outside of the state. How's
4: this, how's this going to turn out? What's going to happen there? Is this, is this a major uproar going on out there? Is it a major controversy? Is somebody going to have to step in and settle it, or is it a settled deal?
5: Uh, well, the, um, uh, the board of trustees that runs the university actually just voted, um, it'll be a, a couple hours old by the time you, uh, air this, but, yeah. um, I, I literally just walked in from the other room, um, where I was listening to this, um, they just voted to roll out the campaign earlier. They, they weren't actually going to roll out this campaign until September, but now they're recognizing that they're getting a lot of attention and they want to capitalize on that, and they also want to put out this video that they've Made that they had made before this became controversial, um, that uh, it kind of explains like what they mean by cowboys.
4: Okay, we thank uh, Jeff Vector for being on with us and uh, the video he's talking about. It was um, shown to prospective students of uh, who who might have been offended by this um, so-called offensive slogan of the world needs more cowboys. Um, they showed it to students who were considering going to the University of Wyoming. And uh, they were black students or pers- black prospective students, uh, women, and I guess some other minorities. And the uh, results of the video were that more the, the, the percentage of people who said they wanted to go to Wyoming, blacks included, women included, that, that went up after they watched the video. They watched the video that was celebrating the whole idea of cowboy this and cowboy that. And they were not only, in general, not offended, they were actually impressed enough that they wanted to go to the school. So this is what happens when they try so hard to uh, be offended by something and and to defend these the, the people who... I, I think so much of it is condescending, is, uh, that, that there are people who... They think they're the guardians of everybody's feelings and that they have to protect certain minorities, uh, women, because they're just so weak that they can't possibly defend themselves against these hideous slogans that are out there and things that people say. And, you know, uh, as it turns out, they're pretty strong. They have a sense of humor in some cases. They get it. They get it in many cases, maybe in most cases, more or better than the people who are running the colleges. We'll be back. The
7: Flyer
8: at We're love it here. Excitement awaits at Waldemere. Ride the incredible Ravine Flyer 2, ranked seventh best wooden coaster in the world. Share a ride on the giant Ferris wheel or the Balloon Race family ride, or watch your little ones enjoy Kittyland. Plus, there's arcade and midway games, gift shops, free shows, delicious food, and irresistible treats like mouth-watering fudge, French waffles, and giant fresh-baked cookies. And Waterworld's the place to cool off with a massive wave pool, two water playgrounds, an endless river, water slides for all ages, and more. All parking is free, and remember, still time to get your season pass. It's your best value. Details at waldemere.com.
1: This is Mike Howard, General Sales Manager at Salem Media Pittsburgh. You've heard me recruit for salespeople for quite a while now, always looking for professionals who just have to be in the sales arena because they love the hunt for new business, have those antennas up, and just simply know how to get appointments. Well, I'm here to tell you that is still exactly what I am looking for, but not just to be in radio. Salem Media Pittsburgh truly is much more. So much so that all of our team's titles have changed to integrated marketing strategist. What that means is we now incorporate everything regarding digital marketing into our daily services, from web design to social media and reputation management, plus all things digital marketing, including retargeting, Facebook, SEO, and SEM, and much more. So if the sales skills I mentioned before apply to you, plus you have a knack or even experience in digital marketing sales, you definitely need to contact us. Would you do that, please? Log on to SalemMedia.com and click the careers link. And search Pittsburgh to apply.
8: Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. You've heard about our solar infrared grills at BestHotGrill.com. But did you know we also make the best gas logs for your fireplace? You've probably seen Rasmussen gas logs and fireballs on TV and in the movies. We've got sizes to fit all fireplaces styles to fit every decor, and we even do custom designs for large and unusual fireplaces. Lighting these logs is as easy as pushing a button. Realistic Rasmussen gas logs look great even when the fire is off. For regions prone to power outages, gas logs are an excellent source of emergency heat with no electricity required. We've been making them since the 50s, so you can buy a Rasmussen gas log with confidence. So go to BestHotGrill.com to find the products you need to keep you warm inside and outside of your home while eating great grilled food learn more at besthotgrill.com that's besthotgrill.com besthotgrill.com
9: i'm jay farner ceo of quicken loans buying a home should be one of life's best experiences but today's fluctuating interest rates can leave you with unexpected higher payments and that can turn a great experience into an anxious one at quicken loans we've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates It's called the Power Buying Process. We check your income, assets, and credit to provide you with a verified approval, which can give you the strength of a cash buyer. Once verified, you qualify for our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days while you find your new home. Then, once you've found your new home, if rates have gone up, your rate stays locked. But if rates have gone down, your rate drops, and you get to keep that new lower rate. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to
5: rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply.
0: The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
4: Yeah, let me uh, start by apologizing for being a man. Please forgive me. Well, anyway, in the last segment, uh, if you didn't have enough sexism, if you didn't have enough for you, we will uh, try to work that out. How about some benevolent sexism, or it's known, I guess, as BS. Uh, Some other things are known as BS, but that's what benevolent sexism is known as. And uh, what would you say if I told you that even the most radical feminists, even though they may not be aware of it, uh, even the most radical feminists are okay with sexist men? I was surprised to hear that that's the case. Amanda Amanda Presigiacomo of The Daily Wire says feminists are probably going to hate the study that she wrote about, and she's on the line now. Uh, Amanda, thanks for being here. Yep.
6: Earlier this month, and basically it just showed that they, they surveyed a bunch of women, and they had them look at scenarios of men who were... Um, they called it benevolent sexism, which just means they were well intentioned, but it was still sexist because they didn't treat women as their equal or in other words as the same. So these men treated women um as if they were different because, you know, spoiler alert, we are different, and they would treat them with more respect and they would open the door for them um and do things like that. And and the women, even the most hardcore radical feminists, because they were surveyed on their feminist ideology too all said that the men who treated them differently, who were more chivalrous, who um, you know, protected them, acted as a protector, and looked at them like they needed protection, were more attractive to them than you know a, a pajama boy would be. So this is not shocking to anybody on, on the right, anybody who understands biology. Um, this, is, this is very, you know, we already know this, uh, but the sameness narrative from hardcore feminists is, is out the window. It's, it's hardwired in our biology, um, women and men are meant to complement each other, not be the exact same thing, not be
4: mirror images well of course um you're you're assuming that there are just women and men, and
6: uh is, <laughs> right um, I, do we have to <laughs> That's my <first> uh, problem
4: <laughs> yeah so we have to we ha i i i why don't we just make that as a given uh, even though it you know it's i guess it's highly debatable now, but um <laughs> We'll we'll just go with that, I guess. Um, so so you're here to say that if chivalry is dead, it shouldn't be then.
6: Right. Yeah. So we have this narrative coming from from this, the hardcore feminist left that we need you know we need men to cry, we need men to um, you know look at us as equals and, and and exactly the same and not be chivalrous because that's patronizing. That's what they tell us. Mm-hmm. But the, the the reality is they don't even believe that because you look at this study. They want a man who's a protector. So, so we're being taught, and we're teaching all these men to be these pajama boys, to be these weak men who don't stand up for women, who don't protect women, uh, and and nobody's happy. That's the end result. They say that this is for empowerment. This is going to be the betterment. This is for equality. The reality is nobody is happy. Even if you look at um, sex in general being had, it's. Far down with my generation, you know, millennials and, and stuff like that, just relations between the men and women is like adversarial and, and nobody's really happy. So the, the feminist left is kind of ruining it for everyone, for yeah, the, themselves.
4: I'm an older guy and this, uh, this falls under the category of I say this all the time um, words can't describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did, to not <laughs> have to put up with this stuff. I mean, I put up with a yeah, lot of other envy stuff, you. but yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, so the women are hardwired, as you say, to overlook the harmful consequences of this uh, benevolent sexism. So how, how did they discover that they're hardwired? I mean, how, 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 uh, who says so?
6: So they're basically saying that you know, women have not overcome uh, evolution and natural selection basically. Like we're still we still can't get over that. So instead of just conceding that you know biologically men and women are different, even emotionally, neurology, you know, they won't conceive that. So this, this study in general is pretty biased if you look at it. Like, for example, how they, how they call, you know, a man opening a door as patronizing and benevolent sexism. That's kind of ridiculous, right? You wouldn't think of that as sexist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how they frame the whole, the whole study. Um, so it's, you know, it's not exactly, it's not in alignment with reality. But, but what it goes to show you is that even, even the hardcore feminists they're still hardwired. They're still in their DNA, in their genetics, in their biology, uh, more attracted to a, a man who is a protector, that complementary side of things. Not someone who's a mere image of them, but no, someone who will complement them. No, I mean, I you can't take it.
4: Right. Oh, no. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's as you say, it's hardwired. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it's, it seems to me that the idea of opening a door for a woman. Did not begin. I can't prove this, um, and I don't think the study covered this. Maybe it did, um, but I, I can't prove. But it, it it didn't come as a result of men thinking women were too weak to open the door themselves. It was a way right. of showing honor and respect to women. And they mm-hmm. uh, and, instead of expecting the woman being a, a weaker sex supposedly making them do all the work, including opening doors you're, you're, and standing up when a woman comes to the table you know, uh, 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 rising from your chair, that stuff was all meant to honor women, not not to uh, dishonor them or demean them or be condescending to them.
6: Yeah, that is, that's is—that's such an excellent point that is missed so much by the left. And even, you know, it's easy to miss it now because it's everything termed sexist, but that's exactly right. It's because women were on a pedestal. Women were treated, and, and still are to most normal men, um, as as you know, deserving respect and and protection because they are honored, you know, and they are in that higher position. So it was never meant as oh these 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 weak women that we have to open the door for them because they're so weak and uh, you know below us. No, it was it was the opposite, and and feminists are working hard to demolish that, which is very sad.
4: The study seems to refer more to women's subconscious feelings about men that they may not be aware of. Um, Might it be all about whether women are able or willing to accept the fact that men and women aren't the same? They don't want to accept that?
6: Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of subconscious. It seems like they recognize it in the study because they'll say, you know, despite knowing that this is sexist, I still want it. So so they'll acknowledge it. They'll acknowledge it to some extent, but... But it's but it's but they're competing against a narrative from the hardcore feminist left because in their head, oh no, I need to be an equal, as they term it, right, which right. again, is for sameness. Um, so it's a competing narrative in their head. But you can see internally and naturally they're attracted to a complementary, um, you know, version of humanity.
4: Last thing for Amanda Prestigiacomo of the Daily Wire. Uh, I've been wondering if the lifeboat role is still in effect. Um, should it just be children first instead of women and children? Have we reached every person for him or herself territory yet? It,
6: it, yeah, it might be ageist if you let children first. Yeah. So I oh. don't know. I don't know what the rules of today.
4: I've, I've not, I've, that's a question I always want to ask a feminist. Uh, you know, I would ask him that if I were on a cruise. Uh, I'm just checking here. Um, what's the life? Yeah, I, I, have,
6: I have a feeling. I have a feeling they would want to get off first. I have a feeling <laughs> things would change suddenly.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and I wouldn't blame them. By the way, I would take advantage yeah. of that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Amanda, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, thanks a lot.
6: Yeah, thank you so much for having
4: me. Okay, see you later. And on one of these days, this is the fourth day. I'm going to get the phones right here. I remember to push the right button on the phone, then I don't uh, hit the button that gets her on the air. But uh, I'll get it sometime within the next couple of months. And, and our producer, Aaron Byrne, I was going to let her do it today, and I said, Look, I'm not an idiot. I can do it. I'll, I'll handle the phones. And then, I, of course, I screwed it up. Uh, if you can handle the phone, you want to give me a call at 844-302-1250 uh, for the last segment. And also, uh, follow me on Twitter at World. Uh, maybe I'll get your comments uh, uh, from Twitter on the air uh, coming up here uh, not after our next segment. Uh, sometime between 45 and the top of the hour, we'll take some phone calls and or Twitter. And I also want to talk a little bit about Bernie Sanders coming to town To Carnegie Mellon. We'll talk about that in that last segment. And coming up, we're going to talk about some stupidity going on on the Carnegie Mellon University campus. Again, college stupidity, one of my favorite subjects. We'll be right back.
10: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The former FBI counterintelligence agent who sent anti-Trump texts tells
3: a House panel his personal opinions never influenced his work. As proved, Strzok said he was one of a very few people that had information on Russian meddling in the election. This information had the potential to derail and quite possibly defeat Mr. Trump. But the thought of expressing
9: that or exposing that information never crossed my mind.
3: Oversight Chairman Trey Gowdy accusing Strzok of having an unusual and self-serving definition of bias. Strzok even talked about
9: impeachment the day special counsel was appointed. That is prejudging guilt, it is prejudging punishment, and it is textbook bias.
3: Strzok was removed from his role in the Mueller probe after his text messages were discovered. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting on Wall Street that out by 224 points. This is SRN News.
10: My story includes multiple physical and emotional affairs.
3: Every day, men struggle with sexual integrity. Impure thoughts, strip clubs, pornography. My wife found out that I had betrayed her. She insisted that I would go to the Everyman's Battle. I had some
10: idea, perhaps, of, of uh, you know what to expect, but I had no idea that it would have the impact on me that it did. There's just something about the way that you meet in a large group and then the smaller breakout groups. And
3: the sharing
10: is just something that
3: I've never experienced before. To register or to find out more, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or log on to newlife.com. This is the first time in my life that I ever felt comfortable in sharing
10: the real me with other men. In my mind, it is one of the most critical things that a guy can do in his recovery.
3: one 800 W L I F E.
0: When Donald Trump became a duly elected president of the United States, he didn't know there were FBI agents working behind the scenes to stop him. This wasn't the result of anything he'd done. This was the result of him not being acceptable to these FBI agents. They promised to stop him from becoming president just because they thought they could. Fortunately, they were discovered. But what does all this mean? How can we make sure this sordid episode is never repeated? Keep it right here. We are the one station talking about it. AM 1250, the answer. Napa Know How. It's officially the best week of the year. Why? Because this week only, you get 20% off at Napa. And the only thing better than quality car parts is 20% off quality car parts. Okay, so we're a little biased. But don't wait, because the 20% off sale will be over before you know it. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating stores, exclusions apply. Minimum three items. Offer available July 9th through July 15th.
6: Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
11: Fire your stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer and I've been a professional trader for over 25 years. I've traded for Goldman Sachs and was the first Amazon market maker at the Chicago Board Options Exchange. I'm also the CEO here at Prosper Trading Academy, the leading educational firm teaching people how to trade the markets. For a limited time, I'm giving away one of my favorite secret trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. To learn this technique right now, call my 24-7 voicemail and just leave your email address. I'll email you my free trading technique right away. Just call 1-800-228-2155. This is the very information my students use every day to invest in their financial future. Again, Call 1-800-228-2155 in the next 30 minutes and leave your email address on my voicemail. That's 1-800-228-2155. Call 1-800-228-2155.
3: Public policy discussions should be civil. That's a given, but that doesn't mean they can't be forthright. Using weasel words undermines the force of argument and opinion, and there's no value in opinions that say everything but say nothing at all. This is Colin McNichol. I write what I mean and mean what I write. Every Monday and Wednesday in Colin McNichol at Larch, an exclusive feature of the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy. And it's found only at alleghenyinstitute.org.
0: Stuck in Travis? We've got the answer.
7: Pretty solid on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swissvale Parkway West heavy inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel Looks like a slow ride both ways over Veterans Bridge north on 79 slow from the Parkway West up to Crafton also Glenfield Road to Mount Nebo Road and in Mars got 228 shut down with an accident between Beaver Street and Warrendale Road. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250 The Answer AM
0: 1250 The Answer Weather
11: Mainly clear skies for tonight and rather comfortable overnight with a low of 63 degrees. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine, a warm afternoon, high 87. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, 67 degrees. Saturday, again clouds and some sunshine, hot and more humid, with a high Saturday right around 90 degrees. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, The Answer.
0: The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
4: you heard that Bernie Sanders is coming to town. He's going to be speaking at CMU for the uh, Democratic candidate for lieutenant governor, uh, John Fetterman, guy you've never heard of and don't want to ever hear of and won't hear of if he is elected (laughs) lieutenant governor. That's kind of what lieutenant governors do. But anyway, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But while uh, Bernie's here, he can find a good example of some college campus stupidity over there at CMU. CMU is recruiting students for workshops that are set up to reduce, and this is the, uh, a quote, uh, unconscious bias. Uh, so far since 2015, bias busters at CMU has educated or indoctrinated, depending on how, how you look at it, I guess, 1,500 students and faculty on how to reduce their unconscious bias. That can have, uh, they say it can have harmful impacts. That's a quote from the, uh, from the, the study or the workshop, on women and minorities. This is one of those things that sounds like a good idea, and if you don't agree that it is a good idea, you're probably, well, you're definitely a racist or a misogynist or worse. Carol Fries is a computer science professor at CMU. Uh, we asked her to be on the show. Aaron, we asked her to be on the show. She passed, right? I want to make sure I'm right about that. You know, we asked her to be on. She said, no thanks. But Stuart Regis is a lecturer at the University of Washington, and he came to CMU to check it out. And, uh, Stuart, you were not impressed, correct? That
2: is true. Uh, it was actually a couple of staff members from my, uh, my school who went there. But when I found out that they were giving this workshop uh, at the University of Washington, I, I checked it out, and I just found that I really did not like this workshop at all. Uh, why? Why? Well, first of all, there's this idea of the unconscious bias. You know, they want to tell us that uh, without you even knowing it, you're prejudiced against women and minorities. And there's this thing called the implicit association test. There's been a lot of controversy about this. And the scientific basis for it is really not very solid. But they're kind of telling everybody this is a demonstrated fact. We all know that these things exist. And then they're trying to train people to bust people when they show some kind of bias, you know, they're they're trying to micromanage people's conversations.
4: Yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Some of the things they they some of the suggestions that they have for uh, students to do, and not just students, right? Uh, faculty, everybody, it's, uh, everybody's involved in this. It's everybody on campus, correct?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they want to have faculty, staff, particularly people who are involved in decisions like admissions, you know, yeah. or, or hiring. Yeah.
4: And this all started at Google. So how did it make its way from Google to Carnegie Mellon? And, and, and I guess uh, the, the idea or the hope is that it goes to more college campuses, right?
2: Yes, yeah, that's what they've said. Uh, well, Google has done a lot in this area. You know, they've been embarrassed to admit that they have only 20 percent women among their engineers, and they people you know but, but Google was doing this even before that press was coming out you know so they they made an unconscious bias workshop that was very popular and this is kind of a follow on where we're going to bust people for their biases
4: yeah you know I, I just when you just said that 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 google's embarrassed that only 20% of their engineers are women and maybe maybe may that you know they have a right they can be embarrassed about whatever they want to be embarrassed about but when when i hear stuff like that and when it comes to hiring and um and whether or not minorities or women are being hired uh at at the enough of them are being hired. Maybe only maybe there weren't a lot of women who applied for jobs there to be engineers. I, I, I and that's never no when when people talk throw out numbers like that, it's almost never accompanied by, well, but you know, we had ten thousand men apply for the jobs and only three hundred and twelve women.
2: And so You're uh, exactly right, yes. It's I mean never, universities it's never right now it. are yeah right now universities are putting out about 20% you know of the graduates are women so Google's hiring at the same percentage that you see in the pool you know the people coming out of the universities so you know they it, then they, they then you say well then maybe it's all the university's fault so it must be my fault yeah uh, but you know, this is something. Yeah, you you get into a lot of trouble if you kind of say, "Well, so what?" You know. I mean, there can be fields where there are more men than women. But right? shouldn't awful uh, lot, of, awful lot of fields where there's more women than men, and you know, they don't seem to be worried about that.
4: But Stuart, shouldn't the first question be if someone says only ten percent of fill in the blank of our fill in the blank are fill in the blank? Shouldn't the the first question be well, how many of those fill in the blanks applied for the job? Yes, exactly. And it never yeah, is. You, you, it's never yeah, asked. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, so but one of the things that taught uh, at, at this uh, workshop is, and this is quoting it, uh, to become a member of a non-dominant group even if you don't identify with that group. Here's Here's a suggestion. How about a workshop that encourages not becoming part of any group? How about trying that? Would that be anything that somebody would be interested in? Well, this is one of the things I dislike about this workshop
2: is that it makes you think in terms of group identity. So you have to think of yourself as being white and male, you know, and, and cis, uh, gendered yeah. you know, and, and, and be thinking of, of all those divisions instead of having a, a vision of kind of unity. You know, we're, we're all in this together.
4: Right. I have uh, been on the planet almost 70 years and I can tell you that I have never considered myself cisgender, and i, I
2: maybe i will it sounds down like, the that road. sounds like you should attend this this workshop yeah. at c m u you yeah. know it's right in your backyard
4: yeah maybe i maybe i uh, will down the road someday, but I got a feeling i'm gonna die first that's just me i I could be wrong about that um but it also they, they encourage wearing t shirts or putting stickers on your computer to support certain groups, so they're actually um, encouraging, and this is mostly students, I guess, to, to wear a t-shirt, to, to um, I don't know, does it say, I, I am a woman? I, I mean, well, that's a that's a group, but, or is it, I don't know, what kind of groups are they talking about?
2: Well, yeah, they, they, there's a lot of this kind of stuff that happens these days. I, I had a friend who's who's a middle school teacher in Seattle who, you know, they, the teachers were all encouraged to wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on a particular day, and it really upset his colleagues that he didn't want to wear the shirt. You know, there's a lot of, you know, it's a it's not that he he's a, you know doesn't like black people. He doesn't like that particular
4: movement the way that they have
2: expressed themselves, and he didn't yeah. like the idea of being forced into you know wearing this T-shirt that says, "Oh, of course I support that."
4: Would that? But I'm just wondering, would that include over at CMU a "Make America Great Again" T-shirt by any chance?
2: No. This is a funny thing that I found in talking to people is that their notion of, of inclusion. It's only for marginalized groups. So this is for gay people, for example, and uh, minorities and women. But it doesn't apply to things like Republicans well, or, but, uh, or
4: Trump supporters. But, but um, Make America Great Again t-shirt wearers are marginalized. They're getting beat up in restaurants. They're, they're getting uh, you know attacked and thrown out of restaurants. And they're, they're, they've been marginalized, too. I guess that doesn't count. Um, oh, no, no,
2: you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, at the University of Washington, our, our, our college Republicans had a table, and somebody came along and sprayed them with paint, you know, uh, attacked them. It was barely covered, and you know, people hardly cared. Oh, no, uh, well, no. it's, only, it's only the college Republicans. Nobody
4: cares. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't think a T-shirt that says or a sticker that says something about right to life would be all that celebrated either by anybody at CMU at this point. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. No. So kids are encouraged also to say partner instead of boyfriend or husband uh, so that, you know, to be more inclusive. Is it really that big of a deal to millennials? Seriously, that, that, you know, that you that you refer to you're on a college campus. Is it that big of a deal that if you say boyfriend instead of partner, that somebody's going to be offended by that?
2: Well, I think there's a small group of people who really care about this, and they're pushing things like preferred pronouns and so forth. And so they 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 uh, are are kind of trying to get everybody to agree to do this. I think a lot of people are just kind of like, "Uh, okay, I guess so." Uh, is wow. that really is that really offensive? I don't know. I guess so.
4: We're talking to Stuart Regis, uh, a lecturer at the University of Washington, who uh, has studied this uh, study. That's going or not not a study, a workshop at CMU. Uh, that does. Uh, it seems to me, um, uh, uh, Stuart, that it's um, a navel-gazing workshop. You know, if I if I paid what these kids' parents pay to go to CMU, would I be wrong to expect them maybe to spend less time on this and maybe more time on you know studying and being a college kid?
2: Well, I think it's going to be more helpful to them in in, in their future if they if they study a little more computer science.
4: Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it, it, you've studied these workshops. Is it a well? Is it a well-intended failure, in your opinion? I mean, this, this, are the intentions good?
2: Yes, I do think the intentions are good. I mean, it's people want to make sure that that women feel comfortable, that minorities feel comfortable, everybody feels comfortable. I mean, that's that's a very uh, noble goal. I think that's a good thing to do. But I think this whole identity politics of dividing us up into groups is not helping.
4: No, but uh, but they this the very fact that they're telling you to. to Even if you don't belong to a group, they're telling you, well, join one or uh, at least come up with a group that you think you belong to and then advertise that fact. Why not just leave people alone? You know, go to college, get drunk on Friday nights, you know, do what you do in college, have fun, go to class, you know, get a degree and uh, whatever happens, happens. Why do you why do they why are kids when they arrive on campus expected to become part of a tribe or a group? It's just it's it's sad, really.
2: It is very sad that that's what's happening in universities these days. And there's that whole you know you have to show that you agree that you're virtuous. You wear the right T-shirt. You attend the right workshops. You use the right word. You know, partner instead of boyfriend.
4: Yes, it's, uh, uh,
2: it's it's kind of crazy.
4: And I and I care deeply about everybody. Uh, how much time is wasted on stuff like this on college campuses, Stuart? I mean, this workshop is just one thing. I don't know how long you've been around as a as a you know as work on a college campus, but do you see more of this now than you ever did? And is it is it going to get worse? We
2: get a little more all the time, you know. Kind of the push for safe spaces. Let's get rid of microaggressions. Yeah, all of that stuff.
4: I I just I'm trying to you know again I'm older, but I'm trying to picture myself even having being able to utter the words. Uh, that I've been a victim of a microaggression. I, I I just I I I don't know how they do it. Uh, well, one
2: of the things you'll find is that colleges and universities now have these bias reporting uh, groups on campus where you can report a microaggression that happened that happened to you, and the university will investigate it and figure out what happened.
4: Well, when I when I was a kid, and uh, you know, for a long time in my life, a, a very there was a very it was a philosophy. It was deep and uh, very nuanced. Um, it was sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That I, that kind of worked for us. Um, or if somebody was aggressing, aggr- a little bit too aggressive with you, you punched them in the mouth. That. That, that kind of worked out for everybody, you know? You, you kind of knew that was going to happen if you got overly aggressive. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 just, what's going on on college campuses? I, I, could, I could every day, Stuart, I could do four segments on the stupidity that's happening on college campuses.
2: I'd be happy to come back and talk to you about it more if you, you, you have, do.
4: <laughs> well, you, hey, throw me out. You got another one you want to give me before you go? Uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty much
2: the stuff I got right now. <laughs> no, yeah. well,
4: well, let me ask you, 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 um, I, I got a feeling you're not uh, all that popular among your. I mean, maybe they like you, but they look at you kind of funny. Uh, your colleagues on the, on the faculty. Well, I'm,
2: a, I'm actually in a lot of trouble right now because I published an article where I, I talked about the idea that. Maybe the reason that we have 20% women in computer science is that they're just not as interested, that women might be interested in doing other things, uh, going into medicine, law, uh, education. uh, And uh, a lot of people are very upset at me for having dared to say that.
4: Yeah. Has anybody done a study on women uh, becoming iron workers or coal miners? Well,
2: that, uh, they, they they would argue that uh, the salaries aren't as high there, so yeah. we've got to you know we got to worry about the ones where the salaries are high. Yeah, but be, uh, if they, you went,
4: if you went into the coal mines here in West Virginia, I bet you'd find a really low percentage of women working in the coal mines, and, and I don't hear anybody complaining about that.
2: Well, or even a more basic thing: fifty-seven you know, percent of the undergraduate degrees go to women, only forty-three percent to men. I mean, that's a gender gap. They're not talking about very much. No, that's a huge gender gap. You know, we got to deal with young men and trying to get them. Uh, to go to college and get degrees.
4: Well, I hope that they stay away from the workshop at CMU, Stuart. I, I, I really do. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate you being on with us. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's uh, that's Stuart Regis of uh, the University of Washington, and that uh, workshop is at CMU. As my dad used to say, don't fail to miss it if you're a student at CMU. Don't fail to ignore it. Um, We're going to come back. I I got uh, some things I can uh, babble on about, but if you want to call me at 844-302-1250, you can get on and talk about what we've been talking about here today. Follow me on Twitter at Staggerworld.
10: My story includes multiple physical and emotional affairs.
3: Every day, men struggle with sexual integrity. Impure thoughts, strip clubs, pornography. My wife found out that I had betrayed her. She insisted that I would go to the
10: Everyman's Battle. I had some idea, perhaps, of, of um, you know what to expect, but I had no idea that it would have the impact on me that it did. There's just something about the way that you meet in a large group and then the smaller breakout groups.
3: And the sharing is just something that I've never experienced before. To register or to find out more, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or log on to newlife.com. This is the first time in my life that
10: I ever felt comfortable in sharing the real me with other men. In my mind, it is one of the most critical things that a guy can do in his recovery.
3: one 800 new L-I-F-E.
12: Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today, fortunately. I know someone who has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you. And then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent, which can add up several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com.
7: You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. (sighs) That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity. Made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com
12: When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps to drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
7: You work hard to recruit the best talent for your business, so you understand how important benefits are. Today's candidates are looking for more than just insurance and retirement accounts. They want benefits they can use every day and perks that help them achieve that all-important work-life balance. With Veridesk Standing Desk Solutions, you can create the healthy office culture they're looking for, where employees can move more throughout the day so they're happier, healthier, and more productive. The new Veradesk ProDesk 60 Electric is the perfect way to create your active workspace. It's a commercial-grade electric standing desk that lets you sit or stand with the touch of a button. And it assembles in under five minutes, with no need for professional installers or labor costs. The ProDesk 60 Electric ships for free. And thanks to our 30-day guarantee, if you don't love it, we'll pick it up for free. To learn how you can try the ProDesk 60 Electric in your office, visit veradeskcom radio. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com slash radio.
0: The John Steigerwald Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
4: Got a few minutes left here. I just want to tell you again, um, follow me at SteigerWorld. And I, I just, I, I don't, I'm not that technologically savvy. And I mean, I'm, I'm an older guy. And so I I'm not like, our producer, Aaron, who's a millennial, knows all about this stuff a lot more than I do. But I, I've been on Twitter now for a few years. And I, and I didn't – I mean, I have 12,900 followers, which is not uh, tremendous for a guy with a radio show. But I've only had a radio show for four days. And so I, I was kind of – you know, I thought that was a pretty good number, being that I wasn't on a, a platform where I was going to get a lot of Twitter followers. And maybe somebody can answer this for me. Um, I I – I keep getting these tweets that tell me that I just gained 37 followers, 22 followers. But I'm stuck on 12,900 followers for a month. And I know that I've gotten followers. So I know there's strange things going on with Twitter that I'm not able to explain that have to do with shadowing uh, uh, conservatives and libertarians. And so I think that might be happening to me. So uh, give me a follow at at Stiger World, and then we'll use your tweets on the air from time to time. Um, I just wanted to mention that Bernie Sanders uh, is going to be in town. He's one of the most nauseating people in America. Um, I mean, just nauseating. But he's going to be here, and uh, I mean, he might be a nice guy, but he's nauseating. He's going to come to Carnegie Mellon for a rally for the uh, the Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman. And w- while he's here, I-, I just wonder if he'll mention because he's a socialist that Carnegie Mellon's tuition is seventy thousand dollars a year. Not tuition. It cost $70,000 a year to go there. 53000 tuition, 17000 for room and board, books, expenses, stuff like that. Um, there's been tremendous inflation in the cost of going to college. And I don't hear guys like Bernie Sanders talking about it very much. Um, they He's constantly railing against the oil companies and big banks and Wall Street and blah, blah, blah. He's going to be speaking on a college campus. And it would be really interesting and admirable and totally shocking if Bernie would stand up there during his um, rally speech and just throw out there, hey, by the way, I think it's ridiculous that this college charges kids $70,000 a year to go here. Do you think that, I mean, would that be kind of fitting with his narrative, with what he says every time you see him speak, where he talks about big business? Well, colleges are big business. And $70,000 a year. CMU is a great school. And, you know, it's great. All the kids who go there, and I don't know how they're paying for it. Their parents are paying for it. They're going to have college loans. Fine. I know that not everybody pays that number. It can be reduced based on uh, need and that kind of thing. Very few people actually pay the full rate. But the point is they're charging $70,000 a year to go to college, and that's not unusual. That's pretty much everywhere. I think CMU is probably up there pretty high. But uh, and Pitt wouldn't be that high, but uh, and I don't know what the Carnegie Mellon president makes, but I do know the 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 chancellor at Pitt makes five hundred and thirty six thousand dollars a year. I don't begrudge him one penny of it. But if you're going to be Bernie Sanders coming into town to speak at a college, and you spent the last fifty years making everybody, in, not everybody, but many people in America want to throw up with your socialist uh, ravings and your stupid ideas about big business and, and capitalism, you know, how about throw it out there that uh, that the colleges are as greedy as any corporation out there? So be watching. Go down and check Bernie's uh, speech out, see if he says anything about that, and report back to me on Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.